0: something i have been curious about this broadcast. Ho, 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 ho! Merry
1: Christmas! Whenever I'm in the podosphere, there's only one place to be. The Garbage Pod.
2: Hello everybody and welcome to the 2020 Garbage Pod stroke TGP nominal Christmas crossover. It's been a tough year and we haven't been able to produce as many episodes as we would have liked. We also had to change our hosting provider in May, which meant building up our audience again through Pinecast, our new provider, who are doing an awesome job by the way. As usual on the Christmas crossover, we are going to be bringing you the usual fun and games that you expect from the podcast. There's going to be music and we're going to have a few guests on the show as well. But before we do any of that, we're going to have a short break where you'll be able to hear a few Christmas messages from people that we've collaborated with through 2020 as well as people that have supported us over the years. Also, listen out for other messages that will be scattered throughout the show.
0: So, wishing you all a very, very happy Christmas and a seasonal new year and all the best for 2021 from Dr. Emma Kaz. And uh, here's a little winter on land from Dave Coz. So, all the best to the garbage pod and uh, enjoy your seasonal time, everyone. Hey, everybody, all you garbage pod viewers out there, uh, happy holidays from NASA Edge. Merry- Christmas. Yeah, I like that. Festive. Ho ho, (laughs) ho. Yes, absolutely. Have a great holiday season and and just uh, be safe out there. Yeah, be safe. And also, if you're interested in unique gift ideas, um, we do parties. No, just kidding. (laughs) But uh, you can download episodes of Garbage Pod and NASA EDGE. They make perfect digital stocking stuffers.
1: You're listening to garbage
2: pod if you are a regular listener to the garbage pod you will know that we've covered a really awesome event over the last couple of years and it's called live in the park which takes place in my hometown of Aylesbury every August bank holiday but a little thing called COVID-19 tried to put a dampener on things in 2020 for their festivities but did it succeed have a listen to this
0: hello Aylesbury
3: ah hello trees Yes, welcome to Not Live in the Park. As we all know, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, this year's Live in the Park at Aylesbury Vale Park has had to be cancelled. But fear not, during the day today, Aylesbury Town Council will be streaming videos of some of the artists that were due to perform on the stage this year. And there'll be videos from some of those artists from yesteryear as well. So sit back and relax on this bank holiday weekend and enjoy the music with us.
2: That was Stoke Mandeville Hospital Radio's very own Des Kay, who was the compere at Live in the Park, introducing Aylesbury's first, and all being well, only not Live in the Park virtual festival. Now, when I think of Live in the Park, one name springs to mind, and that's Ruth Mayhew, who's the Senior Events Officer for Aylesbury Town Council, and hopefully she should be on the other fader. Hi, Ruth. How are you doing?
4: I'm very good, Mark. What a lovely introduction. Thank you.
2: <laughs> no problem.
4: <laughs> I think of lots of names when I think of Live in the Park, but uh, to be connected to it in such a way is an honour, so thank you very much. It's a great event to be part of and to organise, but yeah, it's a massive team that goes behind it, so um, yeah, thank you.
2: The reason why I've got you on the show is that you and your team really pull out the stops for Live in the Park, and everybody I know that's been involved with it say how flawless it is i know it's probably like when you see a duck in water it just seems to skim past but underneath its legs are going like 10 to the dozen but how does it normally run for you
4: if we come across as the gliding swan that's how it should be but live in the parks always about a year in the making so it's literally as soon as we finish one at the end of the august bank holiday weekend Within weeks, we'll be evaluating the event afterwards because no event should be static. And, you know, it's always about evolving and making things better year on year. The best way to do that is straight after the event, evaluate what you're doing, see where improvements can be made, see what things we did well and get feedback from the public. So, yeah, so we start working on the following year's event literally straight away. The years have merged into one at the minute. We're currently in 2020, aren't we? The, the era that was lost. Yeah. Um, so straight after August 2019, we started working on the lineup ready for the 2020 event. But as you say, a little thing called COVID kind of started putting spanners in the works around February time. And it came very quickly to realize that actually all the things that we'd had in place weren't going to be taking place. And I must admit around like March, April, May, we still had our fingers crossed. Obviously at that stage, nobody knew what was going on with the pandemic. We were in lockdown at the first or lockdown one. As I say, around May time, it became very clear that this year's event, in its usual format, wouldn't be able to be taking place. There's no way we would be able to having mass gatherings. You know, when the event itself attracts in the region of about twelve and a half thousand people on the Saturday to live in the park. Yeah. And it's like there's no way we can safely bring all these people together, no matter how much we wanted to support the local bands, support our local businesses and communities, and can I have all that thing? It was just not going to be viable. But there were certain elements that we didn't want to lose our support of local musicians is a primary thing that we do so normally we have nine and a half hours of continuous live music across the two stages there's 13 bands involved it's a great musical feast and we didn't want to lose that as so many other events were doing we kind of like had to look to the digital realm
2: and how quickly did that start to transition
4: so once we'd made the final decision that yeah we were definitely putting live in the park we then had to kind of like come up with different concepts and different ways of putting not live in the park out to the public technology moved on leaps and bounds throughout the early part of this year with people being used to zoom calls and team calls and accessing things through youtube and using platforms that previously they hadn't done so obviously this was a technology that we instantly went into so we put out a call across our social media channels for local bands and musicians to submit videos for us to be able to use. And I was expecting a couple of dozen that we could kind of like schedule across the day, but we were inundated with submissions. I think we had over 80 submissions. There were literally not enough hours in the day to include all of the material. So we had to kind of like edit those down, and we kind of like came up with a, a schedule of pre-recorded material that bands had sent into us. And that was a whole wide variety of stuff. So from a school choir where each of the the members of the choir had recorded themselves and submitted it. And then their technical wizards put them all together. And, you know, there was like 18 or 20 students on the screen all at one time. We had guys that were recording stuff literally in their bedrooms and just a guitar, their mobile phone recording their uh, performance. then we also had other bands submit things that they pre-recorded previously so kind of like professional polished finished videos that would have been recorded pre-lockdown and that kind of thing so the variety and the types of musics was really quite outstanding a wonderful couple from a a village in Buckinghamshire that played Irish folk music in their garden and they'd been doing it for the duration of lockdown to entertain their neighbours and they sent in a video as well and it was just Brilliant! The variety and the skill and the talent that we found within the local area was breathtaking, and has now given me a great list for uh, potential bands for future years as well. So we also did live in the field, which was a brilliant, brilliant experience. We wanted to add a ray of sunshine into the element as well. So as you say, the live in the park usually goes out over the August Bank Holiday weekend. Not live in the park also went out the Saturday for the August Bank Holiday. So late July early august we arranged for a handful of bands to come to a field in the middle of nowhere in buckinghamshire all the bands were kind of like social distance the scheduling of the day was quite intense in terms of making sure that we didn't have too many people there at any one time making sure that they were spaced apart and that kind of thing blessed with some amazingly glorious sunshine. Bright blue skies, middle of this field. And we had seven amazing bands come and perform live in the field, which we then were able to record and put together and then put out as part of the Not Live in the Park full schedule. So, yeah, it was amazing. And some brilliant, brilliant bands, most of which were due to have been on the schedule for the main Live in the Park event. So it was another way of kind of like showcasing their work.
2: The garbage pod wanted to feel involved with the not live in the park events. And I noticed that you were including videos by artists oh, from previous years. So I approached you about the possibility of somehow shoehorning our backstage interviews from live in the park. And you kindly included them in the program.
4: Yeah, and I'm thrilled that we did because I think, as you say, it's that kind of getting the kind of like the feeling and the vibe and the buzz that the guys got either before or after their set. And you did some fantastic interviews for us for backstage. It was really amazing to be able to kind of like get those as part of Not Live in the pub schedule. It brings back that feeling and that nostalgia of, yay, this is what it's like. Um, And and looking forward to future years of, of having that same buzz and vibe again.
2: And it was awesome for us to actually be involved in those interviews because I kind of got this feel of a tiny bit of what it would be like to be doing stuff at something like Glastonbury.
5: Yeah.
2: I always remember one of the interviews, where sat on top of uh, like roadies boxes yeah uh, with cables around us and everything so just sat there in the sunshine interviewing acts that have just come off the stage and i was like it doesn't get any better than this
4: <laughs> it does in your own backyard and you're right it doesn't because you know musicians have such passion in the same way that you have such passion for all of the subjects that you cover you're a, a great interviewer in terms of knowing your subject and being aware of of all elements of it which is a great skill to have mark so pat yourself on the back there
2: <laughs> it was seamless the, the stream I had it on the big screen, I had it on the TV, <laughs> so <laughs> Brilliant. I, I wanted to get the full feel of the event.
4: <laughs> and you're saying you're having it on the TV for the Live in the Garage. I know of at least a dozen or so people that had their um, laptops in their gardens for the entire day, and they literally played every single video that we put up and danced and sang and, and enjoyed the music and basically brought their festival to their garden within their own little bubbles. All I could imagine were these kind of like mini festivals all going on in people's gardens all across the region, which was great.
2: That's the reason why we got some quite good feedback from people when they'd listened to the interviews and stuff. So, yeah, that was great for us.
4: Of course, you've interviewed quite a few of the people that were on the Live in the Field. Yeah. Some great bands, really, really great bands and musicians, again, from a wide genre of music styles.
2: And the artists have also given us permission to play one of the tracks from each of the sessions so um
4: oh that's great news you're definitely in for a treat carry on listening because there's some amazing music coming up some really great music and i'm sure you've done great interviews
2: with them as well my first interview from the live in the field sessions was graham larkings from rocking wild how you doing sir i'm fine thank you how's your good self great thanks so the reason why i asked you to come on the show is that i'm trying to get as many of the artists that were involved with not live in the park 2020 now how did you guys get involved with the event
6: we played there before as the nightshades or two of us were and um we got another band together and got invited back which was
2: really nice Describe your sound for the listeners. It's a basic
6: 1950s rock and roll, rockabilly band. Um, Lots of drive, lots of backbeat, high energy, as it was
2: in the 50s. That's what sparked it all, really, wasn't it? Absolutely. The one thing I noticed about rock and roll when I saw the videos of of you guys is that you're kind of like a a multi-generation band because there's people of of different age groups there.
6: Uh, We've got rhythm guitarist Gareth Good. Um, He's the baby of the band. He's in his late 20s. Um, And then we have Dave Stott on lead guitar, who's been playing since the 80s. Um, On bass, Mick Skilton, he he lives down in Surrey Way. He's um, the last member to join us, really, because we had another player before, but things didn't work out. And Diane Sartain is a songbird out the front.
2: There's definitely a different feel with having a female vocal up front, and um, she does produce a hell of a lot of energy.
6: She does indeed. She's only tiny, bless her, but she can belt them out. <laughs>
2: From what we're saying there, who who were the kind of artists that influenced the sound that you produce?
6: Obviously, with a girl out the front, people like Wanda Jackson, Janice Martin, as well as people like Elvis and Cole Perkins, Gene Vincent, the general top names of that era.
2: And how long have you been going?
6: Including lockdown, just over a year.
2: Wow. So live in the field, as it were was quite a good outing for you then
6: absolutely it was the warmest day of the year, i think, but yeah it was it was good to get out and play, especially being shut down for a while. We just recorded some songs for a, a small c d we're putting out, and it was a good opportunity to sort of break it out a bit further
2: that must have been quite an unusual feeling for you i suppose it's a bit like a uh, just a video shoot really but you know to, to be actually performing in the middle of a field uh it must have been a bit weird novel
6: yeah absolutely <laughs> um and of course it was quite windy that day and there were cymbal sounds if you look closely you'll see a stand disappearing every now and then <laughs> which was no end of fun yeah no audience is it, the biggest thing i, I feel for the the athletes uh, the football players, the rugby players've got no stadiums to play to it must be really strange,
2: yeah, but even at home you don't get that um the home advantage as it were
6: it's totally neutral, which in some ways is probably a good thing
2: do you think it is really affecting the industry as severe as the the press are saying
6: absolutely, if not worse um a couple of friends of mine in the industry are kind of very down, least the phone calls and sort of geeing up. Sooner or later it's got to go away, but
2: how long? The one thing I am finding, though, is the way that people are finding really unusual ways of getting in contact with their audience i mean zoom and skype and all the other video ways of doing things youtube have been used to their full potential during this lockdown and i'm finding it fascinating to see all these different ways that people are actually reaching out to people it's it's great absolutely yeah we're at a disadvantage because of the distance apart we are which does kind
6: of stifle us a bit but If we can find somewhere suitable, we'd love to do a video shoot again. It'd be ideal.
2: So what are the normal kind of venues and things that you actually perform at?
6: There is a complete rock and roll circuit around the country. Um, I know there's about a dozen DJs that are playing our our CD that will broadcast on several radio stations.
2: Because there was a bit of a renaissance of the rock and roll type stuff, wasn't there?
6: There was indeed, yeah, late 70s, early 80s. It was quite, um, brought quite a few names to the fore, like Shaking Stevens and Matchbox. Yeah. The Jets, the Stray Cats.
2: You wouldn't really class the darts as that kind of thing, would you? They did have a kind of a rock and roll feel.
6: More do-what than, than rock and roll, but yeah, it's all the same genre. Indeed, uh, and, you know, sure and
2: Yeah, definitely, yeah.
6: Which, a lot of people deride in our scene, but having said that, they got a lot of people involved.
2: I mean, they used to dress a bit like Ted's, didn't they, back back in the day, but...
6: Multicoloured drape. Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> Very loud, yeah. It's, it's always difficult to say to someone, especially in this situation, do you guys have anything lined up?
6: There's a charity doing February in Luton where we're booked for and hoping it can go ahead. Um, there's a few other next year that we're hoping will go ahead, but uh, until things clear up a bit, we're kind of stuck in limbo with everybody else.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is it is difficult at, at the moment. Um, there's always one thing we always like to ask that all the Live in the Park events that we've been involved with uh, and it's a bit of a more of a whimsy question, a bit like Desert Island Discs. <laughs> now, if you were in that kind of situation and you only had one album that you could take with you, what would that be?
6: There there are so many great albums, um, from the first Gene Vincent album to Led Zeppelin 4, 5, or whatever. Wow. Um, <laughs> you know, I... I I'm, I like the whole range. You know, I've seen Zeppelin, I've seen Gene Vincent, and I couldn't choose between the two.
2: That is a complete spectrum right there.
6: Unfortunately, there are people on on the rock and roll scene that don't listen to anything after, say, 1962, 63, when he got watered down. And they won't go beyond that. And I think that's really sad because you miss out on the Beach Boys, Simon Garfunkel, Led
2: Zeppelin. Talking to the Beach Boys, and you listen to an album like Pet Sounds, which is just an amazing album. Brian Wilson was just an amazing writer, um, genius. Yeah, there's so many writers out there that people don't they know who performs the singles, but they don't know the people behind the music
6: and i think ireland have it right where they credit the songwriter more than the artist yeah yeah to me that's the essence of the business if you can't create something then there's nothing to put out there
2: that's it so graham how can people get hold of the band or keep in contact with the band we have
6: a facebook page um we have an email rocking band at com. yeah we are there (laughs) (laughs) somewhere i think there's a couple of videos on youtube as well from live in the park we stuck those up on on youtube
2: excellent so out of the two tracks which would you say would be the better to include
6: rocky and wild obviously it's it's our, our signature tune that's where we took the name of the band from it, it was actually written by an ex-base player who moved to the usa and said we could use it and thank you very much mike we love you dearly
7: Jeans, motorcycle boots and looking real mean, fifteen men are by his side looking for a woman to take for a ride Cause when darkness comes it gonna go rockin' wild when darkness comes it gonna go comes Street. They're too good, they'll never be beat. Blue lights flash in the sirens scream. People start running like you've never seen. When darkness comes, you gonna go rockin' wild. When darkness comes, you gonna go rockin' change
2: Well, Graham, it's been fantastic talking with you. It's
6: been a pleasure, mate.
2: And uh hope to hear from you again soon. Next was the very talented and aptly named Lydia Singer. So how did you get involved with Not Live in the Park?
8: Well, I was actually in contact with some people who were involved in organising it. And, you know, I'd been emailing them back and forth and sort of got in involved with it that way and I'm so so glad that I was able to do it it was so much fun even though obviously due to COVID we had to film it and do it in a field on a really really windy day actually it was it was like super windy so literally like we were singing and everything was just going everywhere but it was great great effects and yeah so that's how I got involved
2: and it must have been quite a strange feel just performing to yourself really apart from the camera crew?
8: Yeah no definitely I mean um, you just sort of had to imagine that there was a big audience behind those cameras but it was great it was much fun a lot of fun.
2: If you got invited to the live in the park the actual event itself would you want to come back?
8: 100% yeah any opportunity to sing live is just always it's always a great time and you know it's it's such a buzz to be able to perform live and I think You know, considering everything that's happened recently, I think people are really beginning to appreciate when they did have live gigs.
2: That's it. I've been seeing so many TV shows where people have had small audiences coming back for certain things and it's made so much of a difference for the artist to actually perform in front of somebody.
8: Definitely. I mean, I've been doing a lot of um, lives on social media, because obviously, you know, right now, that is really the only way to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Hopefully, I don't know, this whole um, news about hopeful vaccine, maybe things might start to get back to a, a sort of normal next year. But yeah, I've just been doing a lot of lives on social media, which have actually... It's been great in different ways and I think what's amazing about social media is it gives you loads of opportunities to meet so many people and you can reach everyone on social media you can and it's been really nice to do and it's been great to uh, have the opportunity to focus on my growing my social media platforms
2: Which is absolutely fantastic because so many people have found their own niche in trying to put things together online because everybody is basically in the same boat they're trying to go on Online and do different things and people have been coming up with these really ingenious ideas for things for people to watch and to get involved with interact with and um i, th- I think that is part of the silver lining to this this whole covid thing because it has brought people together
8: no 100 percent. it's also given people opportunity to actually i don't know meet other people on social media or reach out to people that you would lost contact with You know, I think it's been almost a slight blessing in disguise with some things in terms of, yeah, just getting in contact with people and appreciating things.
2: What um, inspired you to get into the music industry?
8: I love being able to uh, put things out there that people can relate to. And I think being able to share everything that I'm doing with my audience and whoever's watching and listening, and hopefully just, I don't know, put a smile on people's face or inspire others, definitely. I would love to speak out more about things that I believe in definitely in the future. Um, I just want everyone to really just be happy and you know love themselves and realize that them being unique is the most amazing thing about them. And that nobody is as good at being themselves than them, because I think in the world that we live in today, with society and the media and everything, that can definitely be lost. You know, social media obviously gives you the opportunity to be able to contact everyone and anyone who appreciates what I do. So it's great.
2: And who were your inspirations when you were growing up with music to push you to what you do now?
8: I'd probably say Ariana Grande and also Zendaya. I love both of them so much. I mean, I'm such an Ariana Grande fan just because her vocals are absolutely insane. And I'm such a Zendaya fan because I think she's just so beautiful inside and out. And, you know, besides the fact that she's insanely talented. Uh, so, yeah.
2: And that's the, the thing is with both artists is the, what they do behind the scenes as well. well. Yes, they perform, brilliant performers, but what they do for charity and other things as well, they do a hell of a lot for other causes.
8: No, 100%.
2: What would you say to someone who wanted to get into the music industry?
8: I would say to just go for it and to just make sure that you don't get phased by what other people think of you because at the end of the day not everyone is going to like you the same way that you don't like everyone that you meet and i think you've just gotta you know if you love doing it then literally nothing can stop you if you put your mind to it properly you can do anything just keep being persistent with what you want to do keep a positive mindset and and believe in yourself obviously i think believing yourself is definitely i mean without that how can you even start really exactly Um, And, you know, everyone should believe in themselves. You should believe in yourself. So, yeah, that would definitely be my words of advice.
2: I have a philosophy that says, before you start believing things that you can't see, when you wake up in the morning, look in the mirror and believe in something you can.
8: Yeah, that's so nice. I love that.
2: What I do doesn't feel like a job because I'm enjoying what I do. And that's half the battle won, really. If you enjoy what you do, then that's fantastic when it gets to a point where it starts becoming a tour that's when you need yeah. to stop
8: no exactly
2: now there's a question that I always like to ask at, especially at live in the park it's a bit more whimsical than the other kind of questions. If you were on a desert island and you had one album, what would it be
8: um, uh, probably Ariana Grande's thank you next or sweetener album definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such an underground fan. I can't, I'm not even going to lie. Like,
2: I can't even hide it. <laughs> it's brilliant listening to people when uh, I ask that question because you get some really hidden gems out there, and it does inspire people to go out and have a listen. They may not have uh, – well, I don't think anybody doesn't know who she is, but there might be some people out there that don't know who she is, and it's, it's worth checking out. Yeah,
8: definitely.
2: I know it's hard to say at the moment, but what have you got lined up?
8: I've actually got a lot lined up at the minute. I mean, I've got some new music coming out very soon. And I mean, the support that I've got from my recent stuff has just been amazing. So I hope to keep it up for this next one. Um, and then after that, that's probably me done for 2020 because it will be coming out late November, early December anyway. Um, but I'll be doing a lot on social media, of course, still. And then next year, I've got quite a few things lined up and planned, which you will see on my social media. And yeah, I have got quite a few hidden gems waiting in the
2: wings. (laughs) The next question leads on from that is, what is the best way of keeping up with what you do?
8: Yeah, so you can find me on any social media platform, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. They all go by the name of Lydia Singer HQ, so just L-Y-D-I-A-S-I-N-G-E-R-H-Q. And then you can also check out my website, LydiaSinger.com.
2: And one last thing, that's not a stage name, is it?
8: No, Singer (laughs) is my surname.
2: (laughs) That's so cool. Real deal.
8: I'm just trying to be annoying.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's brilliant. So we want to play in on the show one of the tracks that you played at live in the park or not live in the park you did two tracks didn't you
8: i think it was either games or tell me i think it was both of them
2: i think i was actually saying that would you give us permission to play one of them in from the actual recording
1: yeah of course Good excellent come on over we can talk we can see about that next to me i want to see want to see how you act I can feel over you tell me that i'm all that you want it's so funny you can see that this never begun i can't wait for you to make your next move so i won't watch and entertain yourself and you i see you playing your games playing your games Mm i see you playing your games playing your games You should do
2: Lydia, it's been absolutely fantastic talking with you.
8: Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you too.
2: And I hope to speak with you again soon.
8: See you soon, definitely.
2: I then chatted with Hendrik, the frontman from the very powerful Empire. How are you doing?
3: Really good, thanks Mark. Thanks for having me.
2: As you know, the reason why I have you on the show is to talk about the band and talk about your input into live in the field, a part of the not live in the park twenty twenty. So, how did you get involved?
3: Uh, it was last year. Some friends of ours told us about the, the live in the park event. Um, I got in touch with uh, with Ruth at Alesby Town Council, and uh, Did and I, a uh, digital guitarist in in, in Empire. We went down, did an acoustic performance and um, for them. It was a kind of battle of the bands type thing to get uh, a place on. I think it was for the for the main stage. I know it actually, maybe it might have been for the acoustic side stage. Uh, what well, we didn't win it, but they liked us enough to um, invite us to to actually be on uh, the main stage. So that was meant to happen this year, but of course, um, ended up that we played in the field. So that was um, that was Did and I doing uh, the acoustic performance two out of the four of the, the band members. It was quite windy in that field, and it was um, it was pretty hot. <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, it was a, a fun little thing to do.
2: It must have been a bit surreal as well.
3: Yeah, it was kind of turning up at a, a farm in the middle of nowhere and um, then playing a couple of songs, looking pretty windswept. My, my hair turned full Jetwood, just like straight <laughs> straight up. <laughs> Trying to think if I've done a video in a in a field before. I'm not quite sure. Maybe I have, maybe I haven't. Yeah, it was, it was different like that. It was good.
2: <laughs> so define Empire's sound.
3: Yeah, it's a tricky one. Difficult to, to pigeonhole because we cover quite a broad spectrum. So the way that we normally explain it is it's quite dark and... Introspective, but a lot of our songs might appear to be dark. but have a bit of a positive twist to them. So we, in terms of genres, we cover from hard rock to soft rock and AOR (adult orientated rock) or album orientated rock, and a few things in between. There's a little bit of, I suppose, modern rock, perhaps prog rock, atmospheric rock. Uh, that is about it. But on top of just doing the the full on electric stuff. We are also um, doing a lot of acoustic stuff, so we sit in the acoustic rock, the kind of MTV unplugged fibers as, as well. We've been releasing a, a string of singles that, uh, that that cover that genre
2: because that actually worked really well for the live in the field session. Because I know you did a cover of Titanium, wasn't yeah,
3: it? It was, yeah, David Guetta and Sears' Titanium, yeah. So occasionally we do covers and uh, we, we t- and take them and we try to put them in a rock style and put our own little twist on it and it's just one that we felt we tried plenty of different songs probably over the course of time and that was just one that we felt worked and might be a bit more accessible to people who don't know us than us uh, coming and playing one of our singles that maybe no one's heard of or is maybe not a genre that they particularly like or are familiar with
2: you're a four-piece so who you got in the band
3: so i'm the lead singer and, and rhythm guitarist for the for the most part there's there's did and he's our lead guitarist And there's Grant, our bass player, and Elliot, our drummer.
2: And what sort of venues do you normally go to?
3: Normally, we're playing venues that are probably uh, up to about 500 people or or so. So it can range from many things like a hundred-person cap. So just rock pubs and bars around the country. Probably the biggest event we played was Planet rocks so If you know the Planet Rock radio station, National Rock Radio, basically, uh, we did an event for them back in March called uh, Winter's End. I think that was about uh, 500 or maybe 750 people in a room. So that's about one of the biggest events that we've we played. But typically, you'd normally find us when it's not under the COVID situation, uh, traveling up. Down the, the country playing stuff that's about as big as going up to the size of O2 Academies and that stuff.
2: Wow, that's still a pretty big venue, really.
3: Yeah, most of the O2 Academies have a few different rooms. So you'll get the big room that has, you know, 500, 600 cap, and you'll also get some of the smaller rooms that maybe have uh, 150 or so. And some of them, uh, for example, we're playing the Oxford one a few times. I think that's got two or three rooms so the upstairs room probably holds uh, i don't know about 250 people maybe maybe 300 something like that but it's all dark and you've got all the lights going and uh, and some music going on you can still get some crowd reaction a lot of those places you're not so blinded by by lights that you can't see the the crowd half the time and that's where you kind of get that detached feeling if you can't see the crowd or you can't hear the crowd because you've got in ears in or something like that then you'll It'd be a bit more detached, but in those um, medium-sized venues I don't think we really struggle to, to get that engagement that's that, that's just, that's always there
2: Because of Covid what have you been doing to get yourself out there?
3: Well over the course of the year we've um, we've released about I think four or five singles um, so we finished off the year in, in January releasing the last single from our first album uh, and that's called Self Aware and the single was called My Bad, which is the, the opening track of the album Then we released a cover version of the Chris Cornell and David Arnold track from Casino Royale, You Know My Name, did a cover of that. Just because we liked the song and we thought we'd put something out there, we'd recorded a a kind of half-studio, half-live version and put that out. And then we started on a whole run of of acoustic tracks. So all of these songs are originals, and all of them are acoustic versions from our Self-Aware album. We've had uh, Drive, Cut to the Core... Just a Ride, and most recently, Only Way Out, and there's more of those to come. And so that's part of what we've been doing. If anybody follows us on our socials, they'll see a little bit of what we've been doing. There's more stuff coming out today. We were recording some demos just yesterday afternoon. We've got a, a piece in Classic Rock magazine. They're do, now doing something called The Hot List. That's mainly orientated around mute, new music and bands around about our sort of size and, and, and a bit bigger. They were kind enough to do an interview with me uh, about a month ago where um, we talked about Only Way Out, the latest single, and also did a, a this or that quiz where they give you a, a choice of two things, you know, like daddy or chips, all that sort of stuff, and I have to pick one. So that's in uh, Classic Rock. Uh, we've done some stuff with uh, Guitar World, the guitar and magazine. They came to us and asked whether we want to be part of and their sick riffs sessions online you can go and see did on youtube ali guitarist did uh teach you how to play the the opening to drive the acoustic version which is the track that came out i think it must have been around uh, march april time this year so uh Yeah, there's kind of weird guitar lessons. We've done a bit of stuff with Yamaha in connection with Only Way Out, the latest single, because rather than being a guitar, a purely guitar band, Dids also a very talented pianist. And um, whilst I wrote most of the music for Only Way Out, the electric version, he then took that and composed a piano piece. And uh, that's the basis of the new acoustic version. So uh, we recorded that uh, down in in Swindon um, at Crescent Studios. And uh, Yamaha were kind enough to sort of get on board with the video because it's filmed with one of their Yamaha CFX nine foot grand piano, which is worth about 140 grand. We didn't know when we were just, (laughs) we only found (laughs) out afterwards. (laughs) We didn't damage it. (laughs) We looked it up online and thought, whoa, that's, uh, that's a bit pricey.
2: When you were performing in the field, even on an acoustic session, I was quite blown away by how powerful your voice was. And I thought to myself, if that was in live in the park with a full session, I think you'd be hearing it in Watford.
3: Hopefully <laughs> <laughs> your sound engineers can keep a lid on it next year when, when we're there. The current plan is to do some of the electric stuff and some of the acoustic stuff so everybody can get a flavour for both because we realize the electric stuff is it, it could be a bit heavy for some people but there's a lot of atmosphere in some of our other songs some of the slower stuff they're, they're they're pretty atmospheric and that gives me a a chance to do more of like the singing rather than the growling if you if you see what i mean there if you take the heavier tracks like new republic that's it's more kind of gritty on the voice and more sort of Chris Cornell, Eddie Vedder style thing. But then with things like Only Way Out or, or Too Close, which we did for that session, really big chorus. And um, well, yeah, thanks th- f- for saying it, it's so powerful. I don't know. It's, that's just my, uh, my voice. And um, But it is great fun when you get a big stage and you get a big sound system um, to be able to just blast out. But we never get to hear what it sounds like to the audience because up on stage, things sound completely different how it sounds out in an auditorium or in a field or uh, in a park or wherever it may be the front of house sound engineers they will try and make it sound as big and as epic and as as great as possible but mainly what we're getting is from the the floor monitors down below us Mm -hmm. we're getting that sound which will be a bit of a a different mix to what you you hear out front because normally when i'm there I'm, I'm going to want to hear what i'm singing predominantly and also what i'm playing on the guitar with a little bit of everything else going on at the, the same time it is great when you can get up and do it you know full pelt
2: <laughs> so what's next for you guys I'm
3: going to be releasing some more of the uh, the acoustic material that'll be early next year when we, when the next single comes out just working out exactly what we're going to do with that um, as i said did and i have been writing we're doing some demos so yes we intend to be heading back into the studio and that's for full electric material can't say that there's going to be a, an electric album in 2021 because that depends on covid lockdowns when we can get into the studio getting it mixed getting it produced getting the cd out and also timing just releasing it because we've got to make the most of, of that release We could go into the studio once things open up again and and record it and then put it out there. But if you've got no tour, if you've got no gig dates, there's nothing else going on around it, then you're kind of throwing away something that could potentially do you a a lot of good in terms of having a a big package of things to, to shout about. I mean, you could consider us doing the acoustic stuff, which we still value highly and we really enjoy doing the acoustic stuff. They're not throwaway singles, but we don't have what we normally have going on around them. We're trying to do our best with our social media and um, videos and tie-ins with Yamaha and Classic Rock, uh, Planet Rock, Guitar World and all of those sorts of things. The things we can do online and like this, talking to people like you, Mark, um, really helps. To support everything that we're doing so yeah coming up um acoustic singles uh should be more videos with that all of our videos are on youtube i think every single that we've released so far has a video some are performance videos with us in it some are animated videos my bad video is actually kind of comic book characters of, of did and i having a fight in the middle of a london backdrop that's burning and uh, and, and falling down so it's actually about the destruction of the relationship but yeah, we, we animate it, I've got somebody to animate it that way. So we try to find stuff that goes on around what we do to uh, to entertain everybody, whilst at the moment we can't do uh, a whole lot. The aim of Empire has always been to basically play the biggest rock festivals of Europe, so like Download and its equivalent in any country in Europe. And, and then if we can go further afield, that'd be great, but that's basically our aim. We want to get onto Download and Sweden Rocks and all those sorts of things. We believe it's achievable. But we play what we want to play, we try to make it sound good, uh, and hopefully that approach will, uh, will pay dividends in the end.
2: We have a bit of a tradition with what we do with Live in the Park. It started off as a kind of a, a jokey thing, but then we kind of done it with every artist that we've spoken to. A bit like Desert Island Discs. Mm-hmm. It, similar situation, you're on a desert island, you've got one album to take with you. What would that be?
3: It kind of depends on what I've been listening to recently um i think i had a similar question when we were asked by classic rock when we did the first piece with them and i think i said pearl jams 10 which is still a very influential album for me but recently i've been listening to a lot of Delamitri. i really like their songwriting um, they're a bit rocky, they're a bit folky, they're a bit different. So uh, I'm going to go best to Delamitri, which is Hatful of Rain. Um,
2: I remember when they first got into the charts and my next-door neighbour's son was going to see Delamitri in concert, and my mum had no idea who Delamitri were. And my mum thought that it was a person called Della-Mitri. And my mum was like, well, who's she then? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. But... <laughs> So how can the public get hold of you and find out more about you?
3: The easiest place to find us if you're not on social media is to go to our website. So that's Empire, E-M-P-Y-R-E. So it's Empire with a Y rather than an I, and that's .co.uk. And from there, if you have got social media, if you're on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, or you want to see YouTube videos, or find us on Spotify or any of those sorts of things, you can follow the links. We're at facebook.com slash... Empire, E-M-P-Y-R-E. Um, all of our other social media is Empire Rocks. So that's all in one word. Twitter, Empire Rock. Instagram, Empire Rock. YouTube, Empire Rock. That's, uh, that's how everybody can find us.
2: We have been given permission to use the audio from the footage from the sessions. Yeah. Now, you did two tracks, and we mentioned one of those earlier, which was Titanium. Out of the two tracks, what one would you prefer us to use?
3: I'm going to go with too close. I-, I know a lot of people aren't going to know it. But if you're going to see us next year at Live in the Park, then it'll give you an introduction to, to Empire. And it's a fairly good representation of the sort of material that we do because it starts off soft and then gets a little bit heavier. It's got a big chorus and a really nice musical outro. So that kind of encompasses us. So we we'll go with that one. Two sides
9: to every coin Oh, the quiet, I'm the noise. Fine lines for love and hate. Pleasure sows the seeds of tomorrow's begging. Break the cycle, find our balance in this great divide. Of am looking laughter to show me both sides. Weighted down by better eyes and have captive love, so for we both and at times Came too close Came too, you want a light except you're dark Yeah, but truth is have a lie, closed up Black and white on the absolute. Darkness dies as the light breaks through. There are times I am conscious of my own demise, and there are times when I fight just to survive. Collide in thoughts force a battle, yet no one knows and when the edge is near. You move to
2: Well, Henrik, it's been fabulous talking with you.
3: Thanks for having me, Mark. Good to speak to you.
2: And I hope to see you
10: at live in the park next year. See you there. Crichton, what's in this box? It looks like a small red dwarf garbage pod, sir. What, a full one? No, sir. We stopped using the small ones a long time ago. Well, let's open it then. Oh, God, that stinks. I thought you said it was empty. Sorry about that, sir. Sometimes the little suckers get away. That's disgusting. Oh, no. It won't close. There's a message, sir. Say Merry Christmas Garbage Pod to close. Oh, Crichton, you know I hate Christmas. It's the only way, sir. Well, I'm not going to do it. That's stench. Come on, sir. You can do it. Just a little one. Uh, Okay, anything. Just to get it closed. Merry Christmas Garbage Pod. Look, sir. It's working. There now, sir. That wasn't so bad, was it? Ah, humbo. Merry Christmas Garbage Pod. Bye-bye, little fella.
2: Next up was the lead vocalist from the Soul Enforcement Bureau, Joe Seer. Hi Joe, how are you doing?
11: Hi there, I'm good Mark. How are you?
2: I'm doing fine under good. the circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
11: quite, aren't we all?
2: You were involved with Live in the Field, which is part of not live in the park. Yep. How did you get involved in that?
11: The organisers of the festival in Aylesbury had been asking our band to be involved for some years, uh, but we'd never been able to get a slot because we've always been so busy and we tend to get booked a year in advance. So in the end, they finally managed to tie us down and we were all set to uh, headline and and kick things off this summer. So it's been coming on for a few years and uh, we were excited and we were just like, ah, oh, you know, when we weren't able to do it. So we were happy to at least go to the field and uh, and do those couple of tracks
2: been talking to some of the other artists and bands involved with the the field side of things that must have been a bit surreal
11: it was actually it was a really hot day as well so we were outside in this field and doing our thing but we're all pros you know we just smiled and had great fun actually it was it was a good laugh I mean we always turn it into a fun opportunity anyway
2: so So, the Soul enforcement bureau where Mm. did that come from
11: Oh, it came from a movie, um, and I can't for the life of me remember which one it was now. It's a really cool name, isn't it? No one ever forgets that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I did have a feeling it may have came from a movie. Yeah,
11: it did. did. Was it Fight Club? I think it was Fight Club. Ah,
2: right, Yeah. yeah, yeah. So tell everybody what you do in the band, and then the other members.
11: Sure, okay. Well, I'm the lead singer for my sins um so my job is to uh front the band and um, chat to everyone and then wail <laughs> <laughs> quite a lot it's a full-on job and i absolutely love it and there are eight of us there's lots of us um in our brass section we've got andre and cath and gary all on saxes different saxes we've got frankie on drums jeff on guitar mark on bass Nigel on keys and what have I missed is that everybody yes that's everybody that's awesome
2: actually having that brass section does make a difference to the sound oh god
11: yeah it's very very difficult I think to be a soul band playing the repertoire that we play without brass it will never be the same and to have brass and keys is lovely
2: as well And the energy is amazing. And you can see that because it's not just the energy that you're putting out. I think because you're putting out that energy, it sort of focuses around the rest of the band as well.
11: It does. We all really go for it as a unit, which is why it's just such a pleasure to sing in front of these guys because they're just brilliant. I have so much fun playing with them.
2: If the situation was a bit different, what (laughs) kind of venues do you normally play?
11: Oh, gosh, all over the place. We play in lots and lots of pubs and clubs um, all over Hertfordshire, Bedfordshire, Bucks mostly, sometimes further afield. Uh, we do outdoor festivals. We were supposed to be doing all of the sausage and cider festivals this uh, this summer as well. Oh, wow. Um, and we have played at the – we were the house band at the Watford Coliseum for three or four years running for all their Christmas and New Year events. So, yeah, we get around.
2: <laughs> yeah, Coliseum is an awesome venue. Yeah. And how long have you been going?
11: About six years, five or six years. That's, that's- yeah. Some time. It's testament to the the strength of the band that we've been together that long and we still get on and have fun.
2: Because of the current situation, um, how does that affect what you do?
11: Obviously, as a band, it's very difficult because a lot of venues were only having two or three people because of distancing and stuff like that. There's eight of us um, and it is really quite difficult to replicate what we do with a smaller unit. Mm -hmm. So at the moment, it's really made things tricky. So we're hoping that we can get back to normal at some point already for next year because we're fully booked all of next year um and i've been doing things like a cappella videos and jeff and i've been doing some original material together which we've been working on which is really exciting so we're going to start building that into the set uh, rehearsing some new songs we're just trying to keep going and we know that at some point things will go back to normal and we want to be ready when they when they do
2: and Has the online presence been important to you?
11: Just keeping people remembering what we're like live and how good we are and how much we want to get back to that is really where we're focused. To try and have eight people do something simultaneously and be as spontaneous as we are is tricky to do. I've been keeping up the online presence quite a lot. I'm a singing teacher and I run choirs as well. So I've been doing that online. But with the band, I think really the most important thing for us is to stay together, stay in touch Keep working hard and aim to the, the the time when we can all get out and start playing to everyone again. That's the that's the priority for us.
2: So once lockdown is over. What's next for you guys?
11: Well we've got Aylesbury booked back in, actually, you know, all being well. So we should be there next summer, please God, keeping all our fingers and, and toes crossed for that. And other festivals as well. And yeah, all the places we normally play have all rebooked us again for the following year. Oh and all very regretfully cancelled us because they like having us there. You know, we're a lively bunch, we bring in a lively bunch and we have a you know, we produce we a good atmosphere. So everyone wants us back. It's just a question of when they're allowed to.
2: Next thing I was going to ask you, this is a question we ask at all the Live in the Parks of events, and it's a bit more whimsy. It's a bit Desert Island Disc type thing. Oh,
11: I love Desert Island Discs.
2: If you were in that situation and you had one album,
11: mm.
2: who, well, what would that be?
11: Um... Gosh, it's impossible, of course, but probably Stevie Wonder's Visions because I can't imagine my life without it. But then there could be 30, 40, 50 albums that are like that.
2: You've got albums where you can play certain tracks, and Stevie Wonder is an artist that I can play from start to end. Yeah,
11: same. It would either be that oh. or Songs in the Key of Life, but I'm going for Visions because there's, it's flawless, absolutely flawless. There's just no bad track
2: on the whole thing. Actually, out of the two, songs in the key of life would probably be my choice. Yeah, actually. there you go. One. Well, we're on
11: the same page then, Mark.
2: <laughs> As a band, who are the band's influences for their style of music?
11: Um, Very, very much Motown, Stax, Northern Soul, all of the, the real roots stuff and all the original stuff. So say, for example, if we're doing Respect, we are doing the Otis Redding version of Respect. I have done some Aretha, but we tend to do things like um don't play that song rather than the usual stuff that everyone plays. We try and kind of really get to the roots of, of the soul. And we've done some disco stuff as well recently, which has been quite an interesting departure. We quite like that but always, always with Soul at the Root. It will be all based around the original artists, Marvin, Otis, Aretha, Stevie, all of the real, you know, oopsie stuff. Yeah.
2: Northern Soul doesn't get the recognition it should do, although you've got DJs like Craig Charles who's very full on with his Northern yeah, Soul I love stuff. Craig
11: Charles, he's great. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's good that bands like yourself are actually pushing that forward again because there are so many hidden gems.
11: There are. The one that always, always goes down well um, is Betty Wright's Clean Up Woman. Whenever we play that, people just absolutely love it. And, you know, it might be that they'd forgotten about it. It might be it came up on an advert or something, something I think it was used on an advert. People always, always respond well to that song. Um, and for years, it kind of stayed buried. And I love that song. Yeah, we do quite a few like that, which people they forget and doing the temptation stuff like get ready people really respond to get ready it's just so full of activity and energy and it's just great people love it when i first met my husband nearly 25 years well no gosh longer than that he was listening to the commitments quite a lot and i said what about the original versions have you ever heard otis's try a little tenderness and he said no
5: oh
11: that was my education for him he educated me on a few musicians as well including stevie wonder he was the one who got me into Innovisions, but i was the one who got him into listening to the original versions the original aretha otis all that stuff you know so that was my contribution
2: (laughs) i came across otis redding's try a little tenderness through a movie actually back in the day it was in the movie
11: pretty in pink again i I love that 80s classic. It was a uh, John Hughes. Yeah. Cause Ducky comes in, doesn't he, and dances to it. And it's, yeah.
2: Yeah. It's just <laughs> an amazing scene.
11: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think if you're going to cover a song, do it well. Mm-hmm. You, you owe it to the original artist to do a decent job. And you know, in the, in SEB, that's what we do, which is why it's really, really important to know where this music comes from. You have to know its roots to really understand it. I'm a researcher as well as a teacher. I'm just about to finish my master's degree in professional voice practice. And um, there's this wonderful, wonderful lady that I love uh, from the States called Dr. This is a name and a half, Dr. Trinice Robinson-Martin. And she writes stuff on gospel music and everything else. And she's always, always emphasises the importance of knowing the roots of the singing that you are teaching. And I absolutely 100% agree,
2: 100%. If you're singing something and you don't feel it, then it's not going to come out right.
11: No, you have to understand it. And I think to understand it, you have to understand where it came from. And I would say that it's especially true if you're a white person. You really need to know where that music comes from. You can't oh, yeah. culturally appropriate it without understanding the meaning behind it. It's.
2: I think you need to visit the areas where that music came from
11: oh don't i have it. been wanting to go to new orleans for about 25 years now <laughs> and every time we were due to go it was my it's my my husband's and my silver wedding anniversary next year um we were due to go that was our trip planned but now who knows the last time we were planning to go was when the hurricane katrina hit so one day i will get to new orleans <laughs> it's on my list believe me and memphis as well those are the two places that i really want to go to yeah to the stats studio and sun as well because you know there's so much history in those places and i don't think you have to go and stand in those places if you can i'm also i'm a huge lover of musical theater which i also teach and one of the best places to go and stand and just soak that up is wilton's musical um in london have you ever been there
2: no i've i have seen programs about it
11: yeah it's used in film sets all the time because it has those barley twist columns and it was built in 1840 something oh just so much history just to stand there you know you understand so much better and that's what i want to do with stacks
2: last thing i I want to ask you Mm -hmm. is basically how can people get hold of the band and interact with the band
11: oh lots of different ways probably our facebook page is the best way so soul enforcement bureau facebook page Um, we've also got our own website soulenforcementbureau.com our gigs are listed on Lemon Rock as well so you can go and look us up on there and believe me we will be hitting the ground running as soon as we are able so do keep in touch to find out how we're doing and, and where we're going from here we're excited about what's coming next whenever that will be
12: Unchain my heart Baby set me free cause you don't care well please set me free unchanged.
2: It's been fantastic talking with you.
11: Pleasure. I'll be talking to you too.
2: And hopefully, fingers crossed, if Live in the Park comes up, I'll probably see you there.
11: Oh, I hope so. Come and say hello. Yeah, we will do. <laughs> All right. Take care.
2: For my final Live in the Field interview, I caught up with the lovely Wendy and Roger from Blue Jay. How are you doing?
13: Hey.
14: Yeah, really good. Great to be in the garbage pod. How long have you been performing? Wendy and I met up actually quite some time ago.
13: About 20, nearly 20 years ago now. I
14: only got round to um, performing together about three years ago yeah.
13: we'd always meet up at sessions and Roger did some recording I do children's work so and that's music time with kids and Roger helped me to do, record a children's Christmas Eve. and then it was about three years later wasn't it three or mm. four years later the band that Roger had been playing in disbanded and uh, we're both at loose ends we thought shall we let's have a go let's see how it goes so that's how it all began
2: Looking at uh, what I saw on Live in the Field, it looks like you really enjoy what you do.
13: Oh, yeah. Really good fun.
2: That's the whole
14: reason for doing it. And I think it's very accessible music. So what we do is Acoustic Americana with guitar and harmony vocals. And I think people love to hear harmony vocals. There's something that gets right through to people. It sort of draws you in, you know, and you want to add to that sound. You want to enjoy that sound. And so people just like to hear harmonies. And Wendy's a fabulous singer no. and has sung since we were a very little girl singing in church, weren't you? <laughs> no, she was no. in the gospel choir. This
13: is not true. <laughs> I was not. Oh. Down
14: there in Carolina, weren't you? No, no, no.
13: When I was about 19 and that was just sitting in the uh, pub in Ellsbury. It was my boyfriend at the time. He played guitar and we just started singing old 60s songs. We got a band together then and doing old time American stuff.
14: I'm not an aged singer as a, a child starting from a very early age. I was
13: sort of you were aged when
14: you started. I weren't you? was, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, seriously, Wendy is a fabulous singer, and, uh, and it's just a great pleasure to get those voices together and enjoy doing the harmonies. And we have such a laugh, we don't do we? We do laugh, we do laugh,
13: yeah.
14: We can barely play for laughing I know. sometimes. <laughs>
13: Or we just laugh <laughs> we just
14: get together say, do you want to come around for a laugh <laughs> so we come around for a laugh and i think um that sort of atmosphere seems to get across to the audience comes, as well it does doesn't come it come through
13: the music i think when you're playing and you're having fun and you've got that feeling any sense of that that depth of feeling behind it people will pick up on that, that energy comes through so i think we do have a good balance whether we're doing the sort of sad Ballads, or you know, those really you know, those country songs are like where you kind of gosh, they can be heartbreaking, but you kind of connect. And if you're enjoying what you're doing, then I think that that definitely comes through. In, in,
2: oh, it, de- it definitely does because. The, the two tracks that you played in the session, I mean, they, they were so upbeat, and it, well, it also helped with the weather as well, because it, it, you were just having fun in the sun.
14: It was yeah. a scorching hot day that day, and Ruth had done a great job in organising yeah, it, hadn't she? Really she? Did, really. And there was they had like three points where bands were setting up, artists were setting up and playing, and um, they were just moving all the camera equipment between them and filming them one by one. And... it was very efficient and very clean and we stayed really relaxed and we got our bass player dick with us and um and i'm gonna say hi to dick who's just had his leg operated on yeah he's just in hospital at the moment so um i hope he's well i know he's recovering because i talked to to him this morning and um we always have a laugh when we get to
13: That's always good fun as well so uh lots of banter Lots of banter. Lots of banter.
14: Bless him. So he brought his bass down that day, and it's always great to have another instrument there and play along with him. He is a very valuable member of the band. band. It was a lovely, lovely day out, wasn't it? Yeah, we went went to the pub, and that was it.
2: (laughs) Was that before or after? We were
14: very strict with ourselves, Mark.
2: (laughs) So who would you say are your influences?
14: I think country classics like Emmylou Harris, I would say. Maybe uh, Gillian Welsh, Dave Rawlings. Are we in the ballpark there?
13: Your influences, very much so. I mean, I don't tend to listen to too too much country, to be honest, because we do when we're practising a lot, I I tend to just focus on the songs we're doing.
14: You're more sort of black lace,
13: aren't you? Yeah, that's that's me. No, it isn't me. (laughs) Uh, I think what kind of drew me into doing more country music, when... I was about 19. We started doing Bob Dylan songs and sort of early 60s, 60s, 70s songs. But boyfriend and myself at the time, we were listening to more and more early Bob Dylan stuff because the, you know, the sort of lyricists, the brilliant um, wording and the like poems to music. And we really connected with that. And then we looked at Bob Dylan's influence uh, being Woody Guthrie.
5: Mm
13: -hmm. Woody Guthrie from the Dust Bowl, those kind of southern states. And that's where my family come from my dad's family so it's kind of really connected to me and I loved listening to Woody Guthrie and from there it went into Doc Watson and Carter Family those were the songs that we were singing in this band that I was in years and years ago and we've done a few of those yeah they're classic old
14: American songbook ones those aren't they but then there's um, Kelly Willis
13: yeah Kelly Willis like Kelly Willis and
14: Bruce Willis Bruce Robertson not
13: not Bruce Willis (laughs) (laughs) And um,
14: uh, Sam Outlaw. What else do we do? Uh You know, there's there's quite a few people who, again, are referring back to that period, that same pre-Bluegrass period, I suppose. But then there are people who have taken the same American idea and have just brought it up to date. You know, there's a very vibrant reinterpretation of... uh, uh, of american folk music as there is of english yeah. folk music really at the moment it's very healthy and um, lots of people playing that stuff faris and jason romero uh Rhiannon giddings john prine yeah john prine and iris dement great time to be doing this music and it's such fun we've really really missed getting out and gigging
13: we had loads booked this this year yeah, law i know this <laughs> this was
14: going to be a really good it's season good, good and good festivals and that sort of thing and i think you need that that is a very important yeah. part of the band of getting out and meeting with your audience because you share the energy you make the energy you give people permission to join in and have fun
13: it's a lovely exchange it's like a lovely circular energy feed really you, you're getting and, and receiving and everything is just, it's just a massive sharing, isn't it? Yeah. Especially performing
14: live. That's something we've all missed, I think, you know, mm. performers and audience alike. You know, we're very lucky. We do get lots of opportunities to see music and to hear it. But I think we've all come to realise the power of live performances mm. of all
2: sorts. And have you been able to embrace the, the online capabilities to, to perform?
14: We've done a couple of things, but uh, you don't get the feedback from your audience. Mm-hmm. We've contributed to things like music in the park, where we can come along and play a couple of the songs. But it's just a stopgap measure until we can get back together, which I'm really hoping we will next year. Yeah. Because um, I do a singing workshop, a residential workshop at the end of May. Obviously, this year it was cancelled, but I started to get emails saying, will you be doing it in 2021? And I suddenly realised, listen, May is six months away. There's vaccines around now. So, you know, I'm going to run that one in May. And I think by the time we get to the spring, we'll all be looking forward to festivals and stuff throughout the
13: summer. We just have to wait and see how things go, won't we,
2: baby? Do you prefer festivals to actual concerts? Don't
13: mind. I don't
14: mind either one. No, I mean, yeah, you know, festivals tend to be, a bit bigger, but it's different. I love being outside and playing outside mm. that's great being able to spend time with people. but then again, when you're doing a small gig, really great you can yeah. see the people there they can sing along, they can take part you know I love that intimacy of uh, playing you know to a small group of people doing a house concert or something like that that's really good fun as well. no, any gig going mark we're it.
2: For- <laughs> 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 what else have you got? In the pipeline
14: well i've tried very hard over the last few months not to be making too many plans but as i say i'm very excited about making plans now for next season and we will definitely be uh, moving ahead i think uh, wendy and i've got some recording to catch up on we'll be putting an album together and then getting in touch with all the venues to encourage people to put on gigs. At the moment, it's been very hard for pubs and all those entertainment venues because they haven't been allowed to open. Now I'm definitely going to be back to them and, you know, making them realise that they're going to be able to start up again. Mm. And, of course, looking at all the festivals, I'm hoping that uh, for the festivals that will have survived, Mm. we'll get our gigs back and uh, be able to just pick up where we left off but it is quite early days at the moment coming out of this dreadful Annus Horribilis that we've been through.
13: As and when everybody starts rebooking and then you start to open, we'll just start doing what we do and what we've always done.
2: So exciting. Yeah, definitely. So what's the best way of getting hold of you guys if listeners want to find out more about your music?
14: Well, I think the best thing is uh, to... Uh, contact me via my website which is sing.co.uk nice and straightforward all about singing sing.co.uk and or the facebook the blue jay facebook as well there's
13: yeah there's some nice little videos on there as
14: well yeah that's where we put all our films and things blue jay music i think it's called the
2: facebook so what I'll do is, as I will with everybody who's involved with the podcast, put some links in the show notes so that people can um, find it easier from my website as well. There's one last question that I'd like to ask, and, and it's a little bit more, I say, whimsy. It's not really whimsy. It's a bit like Desert Island Discs, and you've got one album to take with you. What would that be?
14: It would be all of them.
13: <laughs> it will change from day to day, maybe from hour to hour as well. Today, right now, I would take Punky Dory, David
10: Bowie. Wow.
13: It's not country at all, but that's one of my favourite albums, I think. we'll come to you
14: Jason and Faris Romero, I think. I'd probably take an album of theirs. I find it really difficult because... As soon as I start mentally flicking through my record collection and all the other records that I've lost over the years, I wouldn't be without any of them. And it's a huge range of classical and jazz and all sorts. You know, I I like too many (laughs) things to ever make one decision. You know, having said that, it means that I would always miss the ones I didn't have, but I would really treasure the one I do have.
13: (laughs) What would be your album? Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, now I've been asked this kind of thing before and it does change, like you say. Um, I think probably one of the albums that I can play from end to end, um, Songs in the Key of Life, Stevie Wonder. That's the album.
13: And that bonus track, which was Saturn, I love that. It's one of my top ten songs.
2: Out of the two tracks that you played at the Live in the Field session, what was the one that you wanted us to, to play? Uh, Missing Kissing You. That's the one that you wrote, isn't it?
14: Yes. Yeah, the other one's by John Prine and uh, performed by John Prine and Iris Dement. Again, fantastic performers. But we might as well have something from what we're doing at the moment. Well, I
0: think you wrote it. It's a oh, good yeah. song. Excellent. Hey, it's a sunny day, but you're so far away. I'm missing kissing you. Pop, pop, the corn is popping. There's not a cloud in the sky. Dear, I'm missing kissing you I long to feel your big strong arms I'll stick to you like glue And though it's bliss to reminisce I'm missing kissing you All the little birds are singing They can't believe it's true They're just whistling, Dixie, cause I'm missing kissing you Babe, where are you? Are you feeling lonesome too? We could be together in my dream, which one day will come true All the little flowers in the garden are wondering what to do They shake their head and go back to bed, cause I'm not kissing you it's a sunny day But you're still far away When you come home I'll celebrate Because I can't wait to osculate. I'll kiss you till I suffocate I'm missing, missing you
2: Thanks a lot for coming on the show.
14: Definitely stay in touch because uh, yeah, we've got back some, back
2: some back, more yeah. material to share with you. And uh, Yeah, well, whatever you got to promote, That's what we're about.
14: We should do you a jingle for the podcast and
2: send you that in. (laughs) So you got a jingle. (laughs) That would be absolutely amazing. (laughs) Merry Christmas to everyone.
14: Merry Christmas. And to you. And thanks for having us on the podcast. And we look forward to meeting you all again. God
13: bless you.
2: So we had all the bands from the day. So you had the live in the field people. You had videos that were submitted. You had people from previous years involved in it. And then you had the finale.
4: The whole event was not live in the park. We had the live in the fields. And then we finished off with live in the garage, (laughs) which was just great fun. And that did go out live. That wasn't a pre-recorded thing. We've got a very talented local musician, a guy called Rob Oakley, who is the lead singer with a couple of bands. And he's headlined and played at Life in the park many times. He headlines as both Bustin' Loose, which is a, an 80s covers band. And unfortunately, they're no longer performing together as a band. But Rob also sings with a Scar band as well. So we had this great double headline set of uh Bustin' Loose and Mungus. And Rob is a fantastic performer. He sings a variety of genres from Elvis and swing to Scar and punk and all sorts. And he is just brilliant. So he was our very obvious and instant choice to have as our live headline set, at not live in the park, so live in the garage. We had to follow strict COVID rules because we were still in the middle of, of lockdown. So um, it was me and Rob and our sound guy and two musicians in a garage, social distancing apart. And uh, the hours long set he put out for us was just amazing. It's still available on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. So if you haven't seen it, please go and uh, check that out. And Rob's got lots of other
15: live sets going on as well.
2: As Ruth mentioned, you've been involved with Live in the Park for a long time, haven't you?
15: Yeah, um, since the first one, which we headlined, I can't remember when it was, a number of years ago. With Bustin' loose. We headlined it to not many people, but it was the start of something big.
2: the Loose actually played their farewell gig at Live in the Park 2018, didn't they?
15: Yeah, that was that was great fun. This particularly special for me to be on the stage with my brothers in busting loose for our last big shindig on a on a big stage. A fitting end to a fantastic band. And we're all still playing music, and we're all still good friends. In fact, um, Colin, the keyboard player I play with in Scarmongers, sometimes he he's one of our depths in Scarmongers. It's good to play with him again sometimes. But yeah, it was that was a particularly special gig for me playing live with the same band in the hometown where it all started
2: during your live in the garage session you sang a very eclectic set and i was quite surprised when you belted out tracks by the stereophonics and the Foo fighters
15: when lockdown started what was it end of march or april time i forget it all blurs i started to do weekly live broadcasts just using a couple of ipads and, and mic and back in tracks and it was very interactive I'd see people's comments coming in and I'd I'd respond to that and I started to do requests. Dakota was one of the really popular songs that um, loads of people used to request. It's a great tune. Uh, I can't quite do Kelly Jones' voice, but hey. And then the Foo Fighters song is an awesome piece of rock and roll. And it was quite fitting as well, the words in it. So I thought I'd add that into, uh, into not live in the park, live in the garage. And it seemed to go down well.
2: Is there a style of music that inspires the way you perform?
15: It would have to be Jazz Swing. It would have to be Rat Pack, probably Sinatra. That's what I really love doing. Not really appropriate for Live in the Garage. That was a rock and roll night, but um, that's my real passion when it comes to singing. They're beautiful songs and beautifully crafted. I also finished Live in the Garage with Johnny Be Good. I've known those words since I was tiny. Um, I was lucky enough to see Chuck Berry back in the 90s when he toured. uh, I think he was in Reading. Fantastic artist. Uh, Most of his songs sound the same, but fantastic artist.
2: I really love the scooter in your set in the garage. Are you part of the scooter scene?
15: Oh, yeah. I've got several Lambrettas sitting at home and uh, all the tools to go with it and the dirty hands. Uh, I'm rarely seen with clean fingernails on a Tuesday because we, we meet on a Monday night. Um, we go on scooter tours and stuff and all the clubs get together. And I've played some scooter rallies. Uh, it's a, quite a big movement across Aylesbury, Vale, and out to Milton Keynes, which I live, currently live in Milton Keynes, uh, but it's still very close to Aylesbury and, the, and the, the heartbeat that goes through the town.
2: Music is a huge part of the scooter scene. That must really heavily influence some of your music that you perform.
15: Yeah, there's so many genres in scootering. You've got the northern soul. You've got the 60s, the kinks, etc. You've got the small faces. Then you move into the the Trojan beat. In scootering, you get a blend of all of those different genres of music. Then you've got the newer bands, your madness and and so forth. Then there's the specials movement, the whole two-tone movement. Came out of Coventry. And in scootering, you get this whole mishmash of music, which is fantastic.
2: So what have you been doing since lockdown?
15: Not a great deal. I mean, it's coming back. I'm doing a few solo sets. I did one at the Aristocrat in Aylesbury on the gyratory to a relatively small but very happy and singy crowd in the garden. People have still got to be socially distanced, and there's a very good reason for that it's still out there. Um, I've got something else up in Northampton, uh, but they're few and far between. But there's, there's still a lot of live music to be had online. And I've made new friends, new singers and, and artists that are broadcasting We share ideas on how to get the quality of the broadcast better and so forth. There's Mike Gethin. He's another Scar singer and he does four broadcasts a week, DJing and singing and messing around. And uh, Elaine Given, she's from High Wycombe. There's a great broadcast uh, once or twice a week. Fantastically talented singer. And, and everybody's doing this for free just for the love of the music which is great keep it going and when we eventually end up back in the bars and the clubs and on the stages i'd encourage everybody to come along and support live music because as i said in live in the garage it does give the aylesbury town a heartbeat the live music is a superb place to go and see bands and there's all lots of great great talent in the town but because we're not all confined to our own homes anymore there are places to go. So people online have the ability to watch online. Those numbers are dwindling. At the start of lockdown, I was getting over 300, 350 people on a Friday night all watching my FizzOg jump around my kitchen. But then w- when lockdown opened up again, which is a great thing, people started going to pubs restaurants, going out, whatever they were doing. In the summer, of course, so they could all be outside. People watching started to dwindle off, but we're still doing it. It's almost like public surface broadcasting. It's still out there for anybody who wants to listen. So, if
2: anybody wants to catch you, how can they get hold of you?
15: Oh, With a a net or a piece of rope. (laughs) If they want to get hold of me, they can come through Facebook. Just my normal Rob Oakley profile. It's obvious which one's me. And uh, I put all my live gigs on there, whether they're virtual or real, and I advertise through Facebook. That's the channel with the best reach, and that's where I've been doing all of my advertising and sharing content. So,
2: we're going to play... Part of the set from Not Live in the Park. What songs meant most to you that we can play in? Ah, good question.
15: The outstanding song for me throughout the whole of lockdown was Times Like These by the Foo Fighters. It was re released, sort of ballad number, but the words, well, the words in the chorus, uh, I think, summed everything up for lockdown. So Times Like These by the Foo Fighters. And the other ones, playing with my brothers in Scarmongers. You have to put in Madness by Madness. Great song uh, featuring Spike Stockdale and Andy Diamond and the greatest song ever written anywhere in the world. The last song Johnny Be Good. That'd be great. So during lockdown we had to learn to live again. We had to learn to give again and we had to learn to love again. All right and that comes out in this song. It's by the Foo Fighters coming your way. Here we go.
16: kids you back home I have a street light shining I'm a white light blind and bright turning off and on oh uh-huh. yes times like these you learn to live again It's yes, times like these you give and get again Yes, times like these, you learn to love again Yes, times like these, time, time again oh. Madness, madness, they call it madness Madness Madness, they call it madness It's plain to see That is what they mean to me Madness, madness, they call it madness Ah. Madness, madness, they call it madness Madness I'm gonna make nice.
15: Be town councils for putting all of this on, especially Ruth, and she's right here. She's 2.5 meters away from me, so we're all safe. Ruth, I mean that most sincerely, thanks for all you've done for Live in the Park and all the gigs that we've had. You've made the town come alive with music. You and your team, I know it's not just you doing that, but thank you from the bottom of my heart.
2: Thanks for talking with us. My pleasure. And um, I hope to see you at a gig soon. I guarantee it. Thanks a lot. So finally, I asked Ruth Mayhew what the future for Live in the Park was.
4: So for 2021, ultimately, public safety is 100% our primary objective. And we're going to have to wait until the early part of the new year to find out kind of like where guidance is going to go, where we're going to be going with vaccines and, and all that kind of thing. Because life in the Park isn't our only event of the year. We do a number of other free community events across the year as well. I have my fingers crossed. I have have a new headline scheduled but that's that's like proper exclusive nobody knows that yeah <laughs> <laughs> um you know so the the headline act is, is in my mind already and the lineup's going to be outstanding lots of the bands scheduled for this year will be on the schedule again for next year but some of them can't make it and we've got to do a little bit of rejigging It's really, really exciting. And I just know that the lineup year on year is just going to keep on improving because the quality of the musicians that are out there is just breathtaking. And also during lockdown, I think lots of musicians have actually really embraced the kind of like technology element of it and are practicing and having the time to dedicate to their music. You know, there's a lot of musicians that have been on furlough from their main day jobs because so many local bands do this in their part time. I won't say spare time because I don't think any of them actually have any spare time. <laughs> but it's yeah, you know, it's a second job. It's a it's a second career. It, it's a passion and it's a love. So actually, lockdown and and furlough has given lots of those musicians additional time to create some some great great music. I have my fingers tightly crossed for August bank holiday weekend, 2021. So I think it's the 27th and 28th of August next year. Fingers crossed, we will be rocking in the park, having a laugh, having a giggle, and enjoying loads of amazing local bands. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed.
2: And do you think that a certain new radio station might be involved?
4: Time will tell. (laughs) Time will tell. Again, that is a fingers crossed as well. We never know what partnerships will be around the corner. (laughs) Yeah, it's all about local music and about our community, so we have the same key objectives. So one would hope that that local new key radio station will also want to be involved, but yeah, early days, very early doors. Yeah.
2: I've got one last question for you before I let you go. (laughs) This is a question that I've been asking all the bands and we've done this every year since we've been involved. I'm going to put you on the hotspot a little bit because it's a bit like desert Island discs. And what we ask the bands (laughs) is if, If you were on that desert island and you had one album to play, what would it be?
4: Oh my goodness, that's horrendous. No, actually, that's not fair. And I'm actually not going to answer it. (laughs) Because (laughs) genuinely, I don't think one album is justified. So what I would say, could I take a Spotify playlist?
2: Actually, somebody did that last year. (laughs) I can't remember who it was now.
4: I would take the... Not Live in the Park Spotify playlist, which is available on Spotify, quite obviously. And it features all of the bands, or lots of them that have music on Spotify, that featured in this year's Not Live in the Park. So the variety of music is amazing, and I listen to it regularly. It's a great little playlist, and I love it. So I would take original music from local artists to my desert island, with my Not Life in the Park Spotify playlist.
2: <laughs> what, a, what a segue. <laughs> well, Ruth, it's been fun talking with you.
4: As always, Mark, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me on.
2: And I look forward to Live in the Park 2021.
4: Yeah
3: for your podcast too, visit us now: spamheadproductions.weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com.
2: Don't forget to download part two of our Garbage Pod Stroke TGP Nominal Christmas Crossover. John Berger, my TGP Nominal co-host, will be joining me for some more festive fun. There'll be more amazing guests music and a bit of nostalgia thrown in for good measure. So I won't do my usual sign off as I'll probably be speaking to you in a few minutes or whenever you listen to part two. And hopefully, I'll get there before you do. Be sure to visit thegarbagepod.weebly.com for the show notes for this or any other episode. Just look for the relevant tab on the menu. If you want to get in
1: touch with us, then... Send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com where your input is our output.
2: Or you can use the social media icons at the top of the page that include Twitter and Facebook. If you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts, you can do so via iTunes, the RSS feed, And also Stitcher and TuneIn On Demand Radio And you can listen to me going solo Bringing you the latest in movies and home theatre For regular people In the widescreen podcast over at widescreen.org Don't forget to rate and review us If you like what we're doing here Then why not buy us a pint By clicking on the donate button On any of the podcast pages And don't forget to spread the word about us
10: Ho ho
16: ho! Toodles! Ho
10: ho!